And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John all right, we are back. It is the Way In Podcast, and my man is finally living in Texas. All the driving, all the packing, everything is over. You're there. You look like shit. <laughs> man, it's been a long 20, like 48 hours. It's been a long 48 hours. I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. I'm exhausted. Good. I look like shit, huh? Oh man, face is all puffy from the drive. The uh, I heard California took some taxes from you oh, just as you were exiting. Sons of bitches. <laughs> they did. Oh man, those motherfuckers. Goddamn Highway Patrol. You gotta uh, love those bastards. God me, man. Hey, but you know what though? I know you and I were texting back and forth about it, but he was he was pretty nice about it. He came up, asked for the ID, no no insurance or anything. Uh, but then he goes, <clears throat> then he goes. Uh, he just he was just like, yeah, you know, no big deal. But I was doing ninety five, and he wrote me for seventy four, which is like he's like, ah, that's the that's the lowest lowest ticket you're gonna need, the lowest price ticket you're gonna have to pay. He's like, like yeah, yeah it's only gonna be four hundred dollars. Yeah, something like that. It's gonna be ridiculous. <laughs> Probably like three forty, three fifty. It happened to me about three years ago when I was heading up to Idaho to see family. It was uh, happened up there too. Same thing. Shitty sucks. I was like, you suck. It was uh, it was literally like maybe ten minutes. It was ten minutes before we got out of the state and into Arizona. I was like, damn it, damn. But you know, once you get a ticket, right? You're you're worried about getting another one the rest of the trip. So I was just doing. Oh hell yeah, seventy five the whole way. Yeah, <laughs> I got stuck. I was just got stuck doing seventy five the whole way. I was like, son of a gun, man. Jeez. Anyways, slow, uh, slow the progress man. down. Oh, man. You know, it's I funny. Never we got tickets, here. Everyone was telling, oh. I never gave tickets. No. Good no. You. Bullshit, man. Okay, hold Bullshit. on. I, I want you to think about this. I, I looked at it this way, and it, it's funny because people say, how did you not give tickets? There's quotas and stuff. It's like, you know what? You do enough things and you do them the right way. They can't, they can't say shit to yeah. you because you're busy. And so if you handle enough yeah. of a call load that's way over what other people are doing, you put enough people in jail yeah. that are doing bad things, <clears throat> they can't say anything. I, dude, I had a – one time I had a – because they do have – what was it called? Traffic Enforcement Month or Traffic Enforcement uh-huh. Deployment Period. And so they get through that fucking thing, right? John McCarthy, zero tickets, <laughs> zero DUIs. <laughs> Right, and so they start. They, tr- they start actually trying to like almost chastise me in the roll call. I go, whoa, hey, whoa, stop! Who had the most felony arrest? Who had the most misdemeanor arrest? Who had the who had the biggest call load? I had them all. Right, I said you can take all your traffic and stuff it up your ass. I don't give a shit. Right, and so <laughs> this no, this boss. I I swear to God, this is the truth. He's like, well, you're just not well rounded. I said, all right, I got you, Josh. I. I can tell you right now, I did 11, and, and I was probably wrong about this, but 11 DUI arrests in my career because they were all in one night. That night, I went out and said, and said I took and I, everyone that was, you know, you could look, you go, oh, he's, he's drunk. Boom, pulled him over. And I was just lighting him up and then doing the reports, lighting him up. 
And at the end of the night, I took 11 reports, boom, popped them on his desk and said, that's why I don't do it. It's bullshit. <laughs> and I was just mm. being a, my normal dick self you know, yeah. at the time because I was young. And it's all, it happens cool. all the time. It still happens. Not now. <laughs> I'm a lot no, no. better now. No, you're normal dick self. I'm not talking about you're writing DUIs. <laughs> so oh, man. I, I hate it. I looked at it. I was being a hypocrite. It, I broke every damn vehicle code there was driving. I drove too fast. I freaking run. <laughs> it's a freaking California you know, roll through stops. I did everything. So why am I going to write someone a ticket? Yeah. I, I, I can tell you I chased people, chased them down and Finally, you know what? They're, they pull over. They're going a hundred miles an hour in the city. And if the, if they if they were a working person, I said, "Hey, come on, you're gonna get someone hurt. You're gonna hurt yourself. Slow down, please. Have a nice day. Yeah. Go. I don't know. I, I I hate I hated being a tax collector for the the city of Los Angeles. It's like not not doing it. Kiss my ass. That's very rare for a police officer to say something like that. <laughs> it seems to be rare. You know? Yeah. Um, some of them, man, they, they write their mother have... a ticket. Yeah, if she's breaking the law, I would. That's what That's what part See, of the you, You'd be that chicken shit mother, man. <laughs> no. I would never. Uh, well, you know. The ah, my mom, my my relationship Maybe with mom. my mom, maybe I might write her two yeah, tickets. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, uh all right, guys. Well, hey, let's. Uh, you know, it's been a long week, a long week, and a long weekend of driving and stuff. But uh, there were still some fights this weekend. So we had the main event uh, for the UFC. What what is this, Dave? UFC. Vegas 76. 70, man, I hate that it keeps saying like UFC 48, ESPN 48, or whatever. Anyways. Yeah, let me see. I feel like I'm echoing in here. Well, you, it's because I think your just rims bare right now. Yeah, yeah, it is. All right, all right. Well, hey, talk to me, Don, talk to me, John, Don, John. Talk to you about the <laughs> fight with Sean Strickland against Abus. Yeah. Yep. You know, it, it's funny because you know you weren't on our last podcast, and I talked about this one as far as Abus Magomedov. He is a talented guy. You know, obviously from Russia, but lives in uh, Germany, and he's good. But, and this is what I was like, I was shocked. He had one fight coming into this in the UFC. It wasn't against a guy that was a high-level guy that you would look at and say, wow. You know, he did. He ran through Dennis Stoffel's. But being the main event against Sean Strickland, and if there's one thing about Sean Strickland that, you know, no one can take away from him, the dude is absolutely stone-cold as far as he doesn't worry, he's going to make you fight his fight. He's going to take some shots from you. He's going to just continue to put pressure on you. He's going to walk you down. He's going to talk you down. And a boost came out. He looked good. He was landing great kicks to the midsection. He was doing all these things. But he was fighting at a pace and a pressure from Strickland that he could not handle. And he couldn't handle it because... He's not that level of fighter at this point. And I know that's not nice to say. He's talented. He's got talent. But, you know, this is the same guy, you know, that, you know, I've seen, you know, have good fights and I've seen him get knocked out. And you're going to fight someone like Sean Strickland. He's going to make you tr fight his fight unless you are a 
incredibly talented fighter that can break what he does. It's going to be a hard thing for a young fighter to deal with Sean Strickland and his simple boxing. And he does, you know, kind of does the Philly shell where, you know, he'll sit there and he rolls his shoulder and, you know, he's got a good jab and he's got a good right hand that he doesn't fire off that much. But when he does, it usually is accurate. And he just broke him down with pressure. Pressure killed Magomedov. Sean Strickland lost that first round. No doubt about it. Magomedov won. But he actually won it because he created a pace and a pressure that pushed Magomedov to a point where even after just one round, he was having a problem. He was spent. Yeah, I looked at it in the fourth and on the fourth in the fourth minute of the first round. I was gonna say you, fourth, yeah, round, fourth round. Which round would fight no, no. you watch? In the fourth minute of the first round, you could just see already that Magomedov was exhausted. The way he was backing up, the way he was, you know, he was letting Sean put more pressure on him, more so in that first round than earlier in the fight. Hey, so let me ask you though, uh, John. So I looked at it in the in the beginning of the uh, in the first round. In that last in that last minute of the first round. I looked at it like he'd use so much energy trying to use push kicks, trying to be explosive, trying to trying to look like he was trying to land the heavy, harder shot, trying to bull shot, bully Sean around. And Sean just kind of took it for the first four minutes. Do you think that was more of Sean's game plan? Like, look, you've only had one fight in the UFC. You don't know what it's like to main event. You don't know what it's like to be, you know, on a big stage, finally in the UFC. Like, you know, you're here with me. I'm, I'm one of the best fighters in the world. Do you think that that was his game plan? Yeah, I do. I think, you know, no no matter what, how many times do we talk, look, there's levels to this. And sometimes it's not levels of, you know, your ability as far as a fighter. You've got a ton of ability, but you haven't experienced the different levels of what guys can do to just make it a fight difficult for you. And everything that you've done in the past, being able to catch your breath because you throw those hard kicks and guys back off. And they give you space, and you can breathe within that moment of time. And now the guy's not backing off. You're hitting him. He takes a step back, and he steps right back in, and he's in range. And you have to be ready to go. You didn't get that rest. You didn't get that breath. These are the things that, you know, that's what separates fighters. And it's learning how to deal with those moments, learning how to deal with that kind of fighter. It's You have to be in there with someone that can do it. And you know, you know, the guys that were always the hardest for me to ever, you know, spar with, you know, fight anything were guys that just kept coming, just didn't give you that bit of relaxation that, you know what, I can gain space. You, you would move and they're stepping right into that line and you've got to be ready. Not that they're going to throw anything, but they can. So you're ready. And so. It tenses you up. And when you're a tense fighter, which it seemed to me that, you know, Magomedov, he was tense. He was tense because he was throwing really hard and he was always having to be ready for what Sean Strickland was capable of doing. It just threw him off and it it, may, it pushed him in a, in a place that he was not comfortable. And that's why he, you know, he broke down. And there was a, a couple of moments there in the second round where, Sean really opened up with good combinations. You know, those those did damage, mm. but it was the pressure. Overall, if you're going to look at one thing that really caused Magomedov problems, this Sean Strickland and the pressure he creates. Yeah. I looked at it um, that 
Sean has become someone. I mean, on a comparison, the biggest comparison I can make with Sean Strickland is that he's the new version of a Nick and Nate Diaz. Yeah, very the, much. The way he fought, the way he fought uh, Magomedov was exactly the way Nick and Nate fight. Is that he just walked people down? He didn't check any kicks, and he stuck the jab in the in the right hand or whatever in the left hand or whatever in the face, and was just sticking it to him. Every opportunity you, he had, he and could you just said, touch him a little bit. He touched him. You said it. Didn't check any kicks, and how many kicks did he throw? <laughs> None. Zero. Yeah. Zero. He boxed. Yep. But he boxed with a pressure that someone was not prepared to deal with. Yeah, I mean, when you realize you have to. So when I when I had trained for Nate, the 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 mindset was even when you land a hard shot, don't get caught up in it. Yeah. Don't get caught up in the mix. It like there yeah. was a, there was a couple of opportunities where Magomedov had kicked head kicked him. Had a head kick Sean, and it looked like it landed pretty clean. Grazed off the glove a little bit, but it kind of set him back against the fence. And he kind of put a little bit more pressure, and then Sean was like, I don't know, I'm good. Just kind of walked it down. You, When you're dealing with somebody like that, somebody that you know that I hit you three times, or I kick you, or I do this, I do that, and they're still walking you down, they're still putting pressure, <clears throat> they'll still take it to you. Like, I mean, he got taken down. He hopped right back up. It was probably like a he was on the ground for maybe – seven or eight seconds, you know, he was able to get yeah. back up to his feet, you know, cause, and they were just in, and, and uh, Laura Senko was just talking about how great his takedown defense was. Yeah. And then he gets taken down. And, but then as soon as he turned, as soon as he got taken down, boom, popped right back up to his knees, then up to his feet, nice little scramble and then made space and great job by him. That, that to me is when I started noticing the first round was starting to take a turn it was because Magomedov was trying to get the takedown to slow the fight down. He's like, look, I need to control the top position. And then all of a sudden, boom, he popped back up. He's like, shit, I've spent all my, I've spent all my gas, you know, on the kicks, the heavy kicks, the hard kicks, the explosive stuff. Try to get the takedown to slow this thing down. He popped right back up. Now I'm stuck. If you watch after that takedown and Sean got back up, things started to change. The way yeah. that, the way that Sean started to fight was he realized, I'm going to put more pressure on you. You make it, I'm going to keep your back to the fence. I'm going to be the one sticking the jab in the face. I thought Sean fought a fantastic fight. You know, a lot of people were, I saw a lot of criticism because of the stuff that he said at the press conference and all the other stuff that he, Sean talks and, you know, but you know what? It's just Sean. Yeah. They say like, crazy oh, stuff. They're like, oh, he's so stupid. He's this, he's the he's like a dumb kid. He dumb. I'm like, that was a very, very smart fight. A very smart fight. I thought the way he fought was fantastic. I thought it was brilliant. When you have someone coming in in their first main event and only their second fight, yeah, you know, in the UFC, and you're like thinking to yourself, this kid's not gonna be able to handle the pressure. There's just no way. Five rounds, five rounds, and they had. You know what surprised me also was that this was at the apex, correct, John? Yeah. Yep. And yep. there was a lot more people in the arena this time that, that I had seen in a long time. They had a lot. They had quite a few people in there. So, uh, but I thought I thought that was another another thing. You know, like. Maybe it's a little eerie of not fighting in a, in a big in a big arena where the crowd keeps you going, keeps you amped, um, or it could just be a, a huge adrenaline dump. But um, they seem like they were into the fight right from the get, and maybe that had like it had something to do with his adrenaline dump, Magomedov's adrenaline dump. But I thought Sean a fought little, a fantastic fight, and a little bit of help from that apex is that twenty five foot cage compared to the thirty foot cage. Just a, it's a tighter space. It helps him with his pressure. It's a great place for Sean Strickland to fight. Good point. Good point. 
Oh, man. It's, it's so nice for you to sometimes make a good point. I love hearing that. Every now and then. Um, <laughs> every now and then. Next fight. What are you thinking? Oh, my God. Grant Dawson took on Demir. Oh, Imagulov. And I'll tell you what. Wow. I thought this was a pretty even fight mm-hmm. going into it. I, and I actually thought that, you know, uh, Imagulov would actually try to take Dawson down. And even though he's got great stand-up, but he's got good wrestling, too, and really good wrestling defense. Mm-hmm. He didn't have anything in this. Nothing. Grant Dawson just dominated him. Yeah. Uh, anything that he wanted to do, and every time that he got you know, the fight to the ground, I was surprised how, how, how much he wanted to get the fight to the ground, and I understand why, especially after watching Grant Dawson, because you know, I've seen Grant Dawson on the ground before. His ground game has improved. You know, it was good before. Man, it was stifling. The way he took the back at times, the way he controlled position, the way he switched, you know, his his body lock and, and the figure four multiple times. Every time you saw Demir moving to one side, he switches, moves there, switches yeah. it over. You go, God damn, he's just fucking in the zone. He understands everything. He's a step ahead, two steps ahead. He wasn't able to get the finish which you got to give, you know, Imagulov a lot of credit for because he was in bad positions. He took a lot. But the one thing I really want to say is God bless what Grant Dawson was doing because he not only took the back and was working for the choke, he was also just every, you know, little bit sliding in an elbow, hitting him with a good shot. He was doing great work while he was on the back and he was hitting him with shots that made it clear. I thought the first round was a 10-8 round. Not yeah. a doubt in my mind. He dominated it so bad and did hit him with so many big elbows. That I thought it was a 10-8 round, but he just dominated a fight. Dominated a great fighter, a fighter that we all looked at and said, you know, hey, this guy had a good fight with Saruki. Saruki and beat him, but he was, you know, really a name that was coming up at that point as far as how good he was. And Grant Dawson made it look easier than Sarukian did. No, I, John, <clears throat> I agree with you. I think I thought Grand Dawson, I thought he fought a fantastic fight. I thought everything he did was right on time. The timing of his takedowns over the under the strikes was phenomenal. He he in the beginning of the second round, he took a couple too many shots, you know, because he tried to keep it on the feet to bait him into, you know, loading up a little bit more. But then once he got the takedown, it was just domination. Once he got those takedowns, all three of the takedowns, it was just domination from the whole, from the beginning of the round to the end of the round. It was beautifully done, beautifully executed. It looked like he, there was moments there where he made uh, Ismagulov look like he never grabbed before in his life. Boy, I mean, the, he did. It, it was it was insane to see. I mean, and look, I understand that Ismagulov's got good wrestling. He's got you know he's you know he's pretty good on the ground in the past, but um, he just had no answer for the back take. Uh, I think in the beginning of that third round, when he got that takedown, and the way he put his hooks in, the way that Grant Dawson put his hooks in, as they were hitting the ground, boom, hooks were in, figure four was already on, and the rest of the round was history. And Isma Gulov was in that position of, what the fuck? Yeah. Nothing you can do. I mean. Felt bad for him. Great performance by Dawson. You've got to work on getting out of those figure four escapes. It's funny. Back in like, I want to, I was trying to remember what it was. Had to have been like 2002, 2000, no, 2003, 2004. I was training with Guy Metzger, Dennis Holman, Dan Henderson. 
Uh, we were up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho for one of Trevor's uh, events up there. And um, and uh, we were all grappling and training together. And uh, Dennis Holman was one of the best at taking the back. And he was one of the best at finishing at the back at the time. And um, he he got the, he got to the figure four on me. And I was one of the only guys. He's like, man, you're probably the only guy that I've ever had to be able to escape out of my figure four. It's just the way that you position your feet, the way you lift the heel, the way you you don't allow them you don't allow them to establish the position on the upside. I mean, those are something that you should be some of your main focuses when you're trying to escape positions because <clears throat> it's no different than like when you get the crucifix. You have to have your go-to on how to get out of it, not just bridge and buck and flop around. <laughs> same thing when you get flopping and bridging is not the answer. Yeah, <clears throat> it's the same thing when you when someone takes your back and they have the figure four. You've got to be on that until you start breaking with one one hand wrist control and just on that back and forth. You're flopping left to right, left to right until you can get them to open their grip and start spinning in their back, you know, spinning to face them. And just I didn't see any sense of, you know, he was defending and defending, but he wasn't wasn't gaining wrist control. Is Mugulov, he wasn't gaining wrist control and he was uh, he wasn't really making a, a real effort to spin in the guard. And uh, that really just kind of cost him the fight. You've got to you've got to really get out of those positions by by um, by focus on on the explode. One of the best to do it. I mean, and, you know, um, is Michael Chandler. He's phenomenal yep. at getting out of the back. Someone gets his back. He does a great job of spinning in their guard and getting to the top position. It's almost like, OK, take my back. I got this. I'm not worried about it. Take yeah. my back. You know, it actually benefits. I think it's because he's just got such a short trunk. Like his body, and it's like kind of looks like SpongeBob a little bit. Like he's he's so muscular that he's got no I don't think real it's like a, waistline. It goes see, right there. I don't think it's a, it's not a short trunk. He's got a very thick core. Yeah, he's got go. a there thick go. trunk. Better word, and that does a couple of good things for him as far as yep. he doesn't have that tapered V where someone can really crank yeah. down and get that tight, yeah, you know, on it and stuff. So it's a little bit bigger on their legs, and he moves. And when he explodes, he explodes. It, yep, it worked for him. No, and then uh, Benson Henderson. Right. He's also he's also one of the guys that does a really yep. good job of spinning in the back. <clears throat> uh, all right, but overall, I thought Grand Austin fought fantastic. Timing on the takedowns oh. were beautiful. Top control, figure four, all of those things. You know, unable to get the finish, but you know, hey, when you're dealing with top level guys, they're hard to finish. That's the way this. That's the way this goes. True. What else? Michael Morales against Max Griffin. This was the the young stud. From Ecuador, who is just, you know, man, he's, he's athletic. He's good. You know, and he's getting better, and he's going to just continue to get better as far as as he gets a little bit older and smarter and, you know, a little more knowledgeable. Max Griffin, I think it was what? I'm not sure. He's, I think Michael Morales is 24. Max yeah, Griffin, so. 37. Yep. Something like that. But 37 for Max. What, what What's Morales? I want to say it was 24. 23. <laughs> yeah. But. Just nearly 23 as well. And this is, you could, I hate to say it, but you can see, you could see the difference as the fight went on. You know, there was just those elements of that difference of 23 to 37. Max Griffin, yeah. just a little slower. He wasn't able to touch. You know, Morales, the way he thought he was going to be able to, Morales was able to just sit, basically, almost flat-foot himself, and he would jump forward, hit that jab, hit the right hand, 
he's just athletic and he's mm-hmm. he's gonna be really good. He's got a lot to learn, but he put it on Max Griffin after the first round. The yep. second, third round, he was really hitting Max with some heavy shots and doing a lot of damage. And uh the kid is he's got it. You know, he's just got to just continue to learn. If he continues yep. to learn, and you know, this is almost like what we're talking with, you know, Abus. There's going to be those guys that are going to give you trouble based upon things that they do that you're not used to that make you tired. And this one, you know, he was able to hold the center of the cage anytime he wanted. Max was moving around. And I really like Max Griffin as a fighter. I think he's phenomenal. He's tough as hell. And he's talented. He just, he ran up against, you know, the new breed, the young, young kid that was faster, could take a shot, has a ton of power and, just too much overall in the last two rounds. John, what I noticed was that Morales was a lot bigger, seemed physically a lot bigger. Like he swelled back up a lot bigger after he made the way. I was like, holy shit. He made Max look small. I was like thinking yeah. to myself, man. And then <clears throat> in that first round, <clears throat> there was a lot of back and forth going on. But you could see that Max was having to exert a lot of energy to keep Morales off of him. Because Morales just walking forward, walking forward, sticking the jab in the face, trying to trying to stay busy with the combinations, trying to clinch with him, bully him, push him around, hang on him, you know. And at that age, at thirty seven years old, I mean, I've been there, so I understand. You feel great in the gym. You feel great during training. You feel like okay, I'm in phenomenal shape. But there's something about when you were twenty nine, when you were thirty one, you felt like okay, I'm gonna keep pushing. But at thirty seven. You have to take those steps back and get that big deep breath and go, okay, I need this again. Okay, I can go. You know, it's like you, there's not, it's yeah. not like I can just push through it all the way. And I saw a little bit of that going on with Max. He's talented. He's got power in his hands. You know, he's got good takedown defense. Um, but it just wasn't his night, man. He ran into someone who, who was, just believes in everything he's doing. You know, I was like, yeah, I was, <clears throat> go ahead. You could really see it when he was. In that third round, he was looking for a takedown. He was trying to take Morales, you know, out of that realm of being able to light him up with the speed. Wasn't able to do it. And then when Morales decided, ah, here, boom, and just picked yeah. Max up, put him down, you go, ah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, speed. Speed and and, and youth, they're wonderful things yeah. when they're on your side. They're horrible when they're on the opposite side and you have to deal with them. Yeah. All right, what else? Ah, we had Ariana Lipsky against Melissa Gatto. It was a fight. Ugh. It just was not fun. Ah, it just wasn't, you know. Yeah. It it was more of a sparring match. You know, there was a little bit nice takedown by Lipsky at the one point, but really it was like, you know, it, it was a split decision. It should have been because both yeah. of them, no one did anything enough that you go, man, are you, are you really fucking understanding that there's people that are going to judge and they can go the opposite way. You got to give them something. Yeah. And it just wasn't anything in that fight. Yeah. What I saw was I thought Gato landed a little bit more of the harder shots, but this is, I think where people, when people look at judging, they start criticizing, they go, yeah, but so-and-so was putting pressure and -and so-and-so was landing the harder shots. I mean, it was a close fight. I mean, how do you want to break it? I'm not, I'm not arguing with how the, the decision was or anything like that. But what I saw was it looked like Gato was landing the harder shots where it looked like Lipsky was winning. She was touching her. She was winning the touch battle. She was winning the touch battle, but she was also winning the pressure battle. 
So the yeah. two of those things together, I think, won her the fight. And I had it going to Lipsky also. Um, but it wasn't a very close fight. Neither one of them yeah, really tried to stand out and do something that would really change the tempo of the fight. They didn't want to. They didn't want to take real chances, and I think, no one was taking chances. Yeah, when you're when the, when you're with the UFC, the UFC's going, shit. We went out on a limb for this probably, and uh, they didn't deliver. So, you gotta be careful. You gotta be cautious, and that goes for that goes for all fights. That goes for a lot of the fights. Yeah, so, but, but if this, you're gonna talk about a fight that did deliver, and a, and someone wow. who's really looking good, yep. Benoit Saint Denis against Ismail Bonfim, man, both guys. This is again Saint Denise is the guy that you know he took that huge uh, beat down in UAE, and then you know, and I was concerned for his career. I was like, eh, sometimes when guys get beat down like that, they don't come back. Boy, he's come back. Yeah, and he started off that left kick to the body. Yeah, boom. But boom. Which one? Which one, John? There was like ten in a row. Oh, no, <laughs> it man. was ridiculous. That's what I'm saying, just time after time and. And actually putting himself out of position mm-hmm. a little bit at times and stuff. But, man, overall, he just was uh, just coming after Bonafim. And Bonafim, man, had his moments. You know, he's sitting there saying, you know, come on, come on. Yeah, that's great when you're going, come on, come on. All this, all that's happening is everyone's going, yeah, you're eating shots. And you could yeah. see the bruising on his side right away Oh yeah, from those kicks. It did a lot of work. And you look and you say, you know, when uh, St. Denise talked about it, he says, you know, I talked with my movie tech coach, you know, he's got power. I, I, even if I hit his arms, I want to hit his arms because I want those arms to get heavy. I want them to slow down. And it's a great tactic. You know, I've, I've seen it used many times. It's a smart tactic. And if you are a good kicker and you got someone that's got good power, hit those shoulders, hit those arms because they do slow down and the power does not emanate the same way. You know, if when they're as if they were fresh, so smart tactic. No, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, when I fought, when I fought uh, Tony Ferguson, he kept throwing that push kick up the middle. By the end of the first round, my whole forearm was swollen, and it was something I'd never had to deal sweep with. So away. anytime I touched him, or anytime he, anytime I went to sweep it away, man, it was painful. It was so painful. And so when you're dealing with someone who's kicking and they're just checking or they're blocking with their shoulder, they're block, trying to block with their elbow, whatever it is, it has an effect. You know, if you get you get lucky enough to uh, to do damage, you know, like that, then then it works. Satan needs to look great. I thought he looked fantastic. Oh, I thought um, fantastic. I thought the size, the size, though, the reach, the tall, long and lengthy, because he seemed a lot taller, a lot longer than um, he was tall, he was a lot bigger. Yeah. Yep. Exactly what I was thinking. He looked a lot bigger, and it isn't, doesn't Bonfim have? He has a brother, right? A twin brother or another? Just a brother. Remember the two of them no, fought. I believe their last time out, they twins, both yeah. fought on the same card. That's but right. But maybe they're not twins. But they're, they're, they're brothers. Twins. And yep, yeah, yep. The yeah, the two of them. So um, uh, but yeah, they're both explosive, both good, both good on the feet. Uh, but you can't you can't always just fight with your balls, man. You got to fight smart. You know, circle away from that kick, maybe catch that kick, get the fight to the ground, whatever it takes. But, man, he was taking those body shots, and I was thinking to myself, man, you're going to have to start che- either either start checking them, uh, bringing yeah, the leg up both, high with enough. With both arms. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, there is two brothers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's another brother. Gabriel. Yep. So the two of them, the two of them, remember, they both got wins last time out. And I believe they both got wins. That was probably the last time I saw yeah, them. Yeah, so they both look phenomenal back then. This one here, you just got to fight smart. You can't fight with always with your balls. And 
I saw that a little bit too, and that was some of the problem. And so um, you've got you've got to you've got to check the kicks. You got to catch the kicks. Got to try to get make them think about not throwing the kick again. And um, and I didn't see any changes in doing that. So he was just loading up, trying to land that big right after he took the body kick. And uh, that's a no no, man. That's a big no no. But congrats to uh, Saint Denise and uh, great job, man. Next, yeah, Ruzboyev against Fiera. Big knockout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Wow, John. I just I was I was driving watching the fights, you know, in my car, and I was yeah. just like, man, I was like, holy shit. He just yeah. folded him. He just fold, boom right. straight down, and then and the follow up shots weren't even necessary. No, dude. It was and it was what a minute into the fight. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was just you could see. Ruzbaev just looked comfortable and he was just waiting, looking for his time, looking for his angle. And when he got it, say goodnight. Yeah. That was one of those ones. Well, that's not a lot to talk about. No, there's not much to say about it, it, man. But it was a great knockout. It was was a time. It was a timing right off the kick. So he threw the kick and then he timed the timed the He caught the kick a little bit to elevate a little bit of what Bomfine needed to do. You catch it, you elevate it a little bit to throw them on their heels, kind of knock them off balance. They start to fall away, and they can't defend themselves because they want to put their hands down, and the shot lands clean, beautifully done. Yep, Yep, and it was beautifully timed, beautifully done. Great job by him. So this is one of the... But Bruno, Bruno's he's tough, man. Oh, yeah. Bruno is tough. I believe, was that his first loss, Dave? Bruno uh, Fajera? Was that his first loss? Yes, it, yes was. it was. Yeah, he's tough. He's he really is. tough. You know, and well, he, um, if you remember, he came in last minute as a replacement and he won. He looked great. Yep. And that, that I think that he was beat, against uh, Gregory Rodriguez. Rodriguez, right? Yeah. Yes, yep. it was. Robocop. Yeah, fantastic, yep. fantastic fight. Yeah, Robocop. Yep. And I was thinking to myself, man, this kid's not going to beat him. No, he's not. Oh, he did. Oh, oh he did. Man. It was. He looked fantastic. Ooh. He looked good. You know, and then coming in on this fight, he just. The timing on the on the or catching the kick and the first combination loss. the straight right yeah it's brutal yep. first loss so yep yep good stuff all right two fights you got really got to talk about this is one of them Renat Fakradinov against Kevin Lee Kevin Lee coming back to the UFC they did not do Kevin Lee any uh, favors everyone that if you have seen Renat fight he is a stud he is good everywhere. This is a guy that was actually, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but he was fighting in Russia and stuff. He wouldn't fight. You know, he would tell you they'd want him to fight someone. He says, no, he's a, he's, he's a Muslim brother. I don't want to fight him. Give me someone from America. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, dude, he could do what he wanted. He was that good, wow. and he's still that good, and he proved it. I knew that Kevin was going to have a hard fight. I knew this was going to be yeah. a, a very tough fight for him to come in and win. And uh, Renat just proved exactly how good he is quickly. Yeah. There, this is another fight there's not much to talk about. No, you know? there's really not. I mean, because, you know, look at the the big right hand had a had a big effect on that choke working because Kevin wasn't really there. Yeah. You know, he got hurt. He, he dove, you know, <clears throat> to try to get close and get the takedown. But he's fighting someone that's good with everything. Yep. Good in the stand-up. Good with wrestling. Good with submissions. 
and he just wasn't prepared to defend against someone that locked up a, a clean guillotine and a tight one right away. And he was out before you know, he even realized what was happening. And so Herb, Herb was in a tough position. He was out for a little bit. Herb was in a tough position because his arms were both inside on the legs with weight on him. So he's trying to mm-hmm. see if he's loose. And it's a tough position. It was a good call for, to stop the fight. You got to, because now you're going off of, yeah. Look at the entire body. What's it doing? And you're seeing those feet are just flat, you know, laces down. Not good. Uh, but big win for or not. People now know. Yep, the dude's the real deal. Yeah, yeah. I felt bad for Kevin Lee only because I wanted to see him come back and at least make it make it a contest. I want and just didn't have an opportunity to to get it off the ground. Um, and I don't. I hope no one takes it the wrong way. I would love to see him go back to 55. He had his most success at 55. He's he got a big can. body for 55. I, maybe he can't now. His did you? But, I mean, take a look. Did you take a look at his back? I know, but Johnny's always he's had a, a wide great, back. Yeah, he has. But I mean, yeah. it was the, his last. I'm like, man, because I, I was thinking the same thing, and I was like, I don't think he can make 55. I mean, he yeah. he could if he went on a nutritional thing and and really got serious about doing it. It, it probably would be the right thing for him to do. I don't know if he's going to, though. Hmm. I mean, I don't understand. Like, he's so well built. Like, his shoulders, his back, he's oh got thick legs. Like, he seems like a physical specimen. And, well, he is. But when he gets out there, he seems like he gets knocked off balance quite a bit by, you know, when, when he gets hit with shots. You know, or it's, even if they graze a little bit, like, his footing is not underneath him all the way. I don't know what it is. Something about um, just something, just something about him that it seems like it's throwing me off. I mean, because he's got all the intangibles: the kick and wrestle. Oh, he's, he's got power in his hands. He can kick. I mean, he's got he's got all the tools, man. I mean, I, his submission game probably needs a little bit of work. His submission defense does, but I mean, his submission de- his submission game needs some work. He's a fantastic fighter. He just. I think he got caught up a while back in all the drama and you know say this, do that, and just. Just I don't know what happened, man. But he's he's good. He's good. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep giving him a shot because I like the kid. Um, but he's gonna have to get a win here soon. He's gonna have to get a win, in, you know, on the big show here soon. Um, yeah. Otherwise, they're they're gonna start telling him to wrap his career up. So I wish him the best. Uh, what are, is, is there any other fights on here you want to talk about? Now I there is one I want oh, to yes. talk about, but I want to see if it's the same one that I want to talk about. Go ahead. Oh, Elvis Brenner against Garam. Thank you. Kudaledze. Thank you. Holy Christ. Great fight. I mean, what a fight. What a back and I mean, it, I want to say back and forth. I'm being honest. Elvis Brenner just took an ungodly amount of damage and punishment and kept coming, kept coming. And, you know. Kudaledze, we we've watched before. That dude is so talented with his technique. Oh yeah. You look at the, I mean, he's throwing the question mark kick. He does it twice. Mm-hmm. Quack quack. You look and you go, oh my god, that was that was beautiful. The the way he sets up his elbows, the everything that that guy does, he can wrestle, he can strike. He got hit with what you got hit with just in a different fashion against mm-hmm. Eves Edwards. He got hit with what we call a brachial stun. It was a punch. It hit him in the side of the neck, and it shut the nerve down. And you can see his arms dropped down, and he was in that position like, I can't move. 
and it, his brain yeah. is still there. It's not that his brain has been disconnected. His body has been disconnected by that nerve. He can't move. He was he was stuck. And so he goes down and you know it, it was the right thing to do to stop the fight, but his brain was still there. He knew what was happening. He just couldn't move his body. Yeah. No, I agree. Um you know when when you I was funny you brought that up with the EZ Edwards thing. I was like, yeah, is that, that's exactly so I got kicked there. But yeah. it was it made me automatically think cuz you said the whole the break your stunt and like all this stuff. I was thinking like maybe this is why karate chops back in the day were so popular on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Remember and guys would go like they go limp we're like that shit don't work. <laughs> so but this was proof that it does. This is proof. I mean, oh, yeah. he hit him. He hit him square right on the neck. And I was like, holy shit. I had to. This fight was fantastic, man. And I, I oh. honestly believe like I always thought like Rockhold had probably one of the best question mark kicks in the game. This kid's question mark kick was on money. and It was so oh. fast. It was so fast. And he hit it well behind a, a punch the first time. And the second time he just threw it again. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> that was extremely fast. Very accurate. The I have a question, though. This is, I do want to bring this up. His elbows that he was throwing, those yep. are illegal or they are illegal? No, legal. Because he was throwing that that like elbow, almost like a tomahawk elbow he threw it a couple yeah, times. Okay, just, okay, exactly what you're doing. Do it again. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's what I want to ask you about, like this. See? Yeah, you see how that is? That's legal. The only oh, here, it, 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 as simple as get straight up, and my hand coming straight down. Got it. Any kind of arm, I take and I throw it this way. There's an, it's legal. Got it. Everything that guy does, I, I want to say he's zero and two in the UFC now. Ch ch take a look he's at, uh, yeah, it because they brought him in. Yep. No, he's got to win. He beat Gamrot. Oh, dude. Damn. Yeah, yeah. He's like, damn. I heard them say that on the on the broadcast. Damn. Yeah. I didn't know that. I swear to God, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. That was yeah. back in 2020. He'd be fucking camera. Because I, you know, he lost to Demir. Mm -hmm. That was a great fight. And that yeah. was one of those ones that they were, you know, it was a back and forth. But this dude can fight. That oh, dude yeah. is a fucking monster. He is so freaking talented, mm -hmm. but you got to give it to Elvis Brenner. Fucking stuck in there. We're talking balls of steel because he was taking some big shots. He got hurt bad. They were talking about the first round. Oh, you know, you could have gone either way. Bullshit. Elvis Brenner got fucking rocked. He was almost out of that fight in that first yeah. round. I don't give a shit that he was on top for a while doing little fucking dinky dink stuff. Dude, that was fucking cool. Grom had that round. That was his. He took the second and was just coming on with all these techniques. Fantastic job of just staying yeah. tough, hanging in there and landing that shot. Way to go. But that was that was the fight of the night by far. Oh, by far. By far. I mean, it was a fantastic fight. I was like, I was, you know, because when I, when I missed, I was actually just driving. And I realized, I'm like, dang, the fights might already be started. It was like 3 o'clock four o'clock or something like that and i think the fights had already started and this when i turned it on this fight was just coming on and i was like okay I'll, all right let me see and then i heard that um grom had beat uh gamrot i'm like oh whoa when did this happen like 
You know, and they were talking about how I didn't the, remember that one. How all the fighters from Georgia were there supporting him. They can hear him in the background. We're talking about it. And I was like, all right, all right. You know, he's probably got some good wrestling. Because I don't recall him beating Gamrot. And then I was like, okay, so let me see. He comes out just with all these flashy kicks and the combinations and the speed. I was like, oh, this dude's nasty good. Really, really good. And then Brenner took, so, took a beating. I thought Brenner took a beating in the first round. In the second round, he started coming back a little bit, started having his exchanges. And then in the third, same thing. I was like, he oh. He still took a beating. He had a two-inch gut. Yeah. Fucking. But, man. That was a huge elbow strike. What a fucking fight, man. What a fight. Yeah. Good stuff. You know, the other kid, too, um, Brito versus Wilson. Brito's yeah. pretty tough, man. Brito's a good fighter. Oh, really, dude, really he, good fighter. Come on. Brito, Brito just muscled that fight up into the cage. And decided, yep. you know what? And you saw, you know, Wilson was doing all kinds of little strikes and everything. And Brito was just like, just stand by. And man, when he, mm-hmm. look, he, I'll give it, Wilson went for the the knee bar, but you got to be careful when you're going yeah. for leg locks and having your head out there because he had it. It was tight. I mean, yeah. There's no doubt that thing was on and it was causing a Brito problems. But as soon as he got that fucking knee past that hip junction and he starts to come over the top, you got to move. You can't stay there. And boy, yeah. he quickly showed why because he put him out. Yep. What I've also noticed with Wilson is that he he's not demanding or commanding respect with the with his setups and his striking. He has more of that Taekwondo style stand up, uh more like yeah. uh Wonder Boy. But Wonder Boy's yep. or he'll earn your respect with his accuracy. And a Wonder Boy hits power. a lot harder than people realize. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm not that I've ever been hit by him, but it sure looks like it because he 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 goes out there and commands the respect that he needs and gets people backing up, going, "Okay, now I can fight you this way." Or when he backs up, he just yep. mixes it up so well that you don't know where the punches and kicks are coming from. You're like Chris Tucker on uh, Rush Hour. What a, which one of y'all <laughs> yeah. motherfuckers hit me? Which one of y'all? So. All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk, and uh, we're going to jump into some news. Dave, what do you got for us? But Before we jump into that, go to OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. Subscribe to us over there. It's free. It's free, man. It's free. I may get kicked out of Texas for promoting OnlyFans, but guess what? No, you're OnlyFans not. loves us, man. OnlyFans loves us. They love us. And we and love I, I OnlyFans like the because OnlyFans. you know what? They've been great. Yeah. Look, at they're doing a lot for They've been combat awesome. sports, both yeah. boxers. MMA fighters, they're even doing NASCAR and all kinds of Formula One stuff. Look at, they're trying to show people that, hey, there are people on our platform that you can interact with. They're not showing their tits. They're actually giving out information, giving <laughs> techniques, all kinds of good stuff that if you are a combat sports fan, something you might want to just look into. So only fans. Yes, so subscribe to us over there at OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. All right, John, let's go into this next thing. We've got the two old-timers getting after it, man. you got Dos Santos yeah. versus Verdum. What's your take in bare-knuckle fighting? And it's bare-knuckle MMA, by oh, the way. Oh, bare-knuckle MMA, sorry. Was this yeah, bare- bare-knuckle, bare-knuckle MMA. Okay, I don't want to say Look, I, I love Junior, and I love Fabricio. But I saw for – did you see the uh, video? The little Instagram thing of Fabricio shadow boxing by the pool. No. <clears throat> oh, got to see it. Can you find gotta that there, Dave? Can you find it? Got to see it. Fabricio yeah. Verdum shadow boxing by the pool. Yep. 
All right, so talk to me. Tell me what what, what am I looking at? What am I going to be looking at here? You look at a guy that's body has completely changed. Oh no! <laughs> oh. oh, there you go. That one right. Oh, <laughs> it looks great. God damn, he looks good. Fabricio, you look fantastic. I hope they don't test. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> Maybe it's out of his system, Jeez. but he looks good. I mean, you see, come on! As soon as you look, as soon as you see it, what's the first thing you go? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, it's crazy, right? Like yeah, someone at forty years old is putting on muscles, looking good. Shoulders. He's, he's been hitting he's the weight room. 43, 40. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere in there. No. And, and he, like he's, yeah. he wasn't fighting. He can do what he wants. I, I'm not saying anything. I just hope that if he if he was forty five. Got to get off. Yeah, it's, look at his body right good. there. Look yeah, at his body right there. Uh huh. And look at his body now. Hey, I guess we're gonna find out. Maybe they don't test uh, as I don't know. Who knows? But Junior's got fight. power, man. It's gonna be an MMA fight though, a bare knuckle MMA fight, which is kind of cool. I'm kind of interested to hear, see how this works out. Well, that's okay. And, and you take a look at who does that benefit. Oh, from a lot of people are Fabricio. Think, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of people are gonna think it's gonna benefit Dos Santos. It's not. He's gonna have to be more selective with his shots because he can only throw so many because he's gonna hurt his hands if he bangs them off of the the forehead or yep. the side of the head of Verdum. And it also helps Verdum with his grappling and, and getting the submission. So you see. Yeah. A lot of people are gonna look like it's an advantage for Junior. I'm not too sure that it is. I Junior would like to have those for those nice MMA gloves because they help protect his hands. Yep, there's that, and then it's gonna make it easier for Fabricio to lock his hands, get takedowns, yep. grip and hold like, everything. It's good. It's, yeah, the gloves aren't gonna get in the way. You can shoot it like you. We, we normally grapple without gloves when we're training MMA. Um, you know, a lot of us do. We'll drill grapple, just straight grappling. We'll grapple without the MMA gloves sometimes, and so uh, and most what a difference every, it makes. Oh, a huge difference. Pumbling inside yeah. on things, getting the underhooks, all of those things. The gloves get in the way. People don't realize. Oh, yeah, well, small you can't gloves. pinch down on the arms the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It's like just a huge difference. Like on armbar stuff, right? If I'm underneath, I'm in the guard. I'll sweep and I'll reach inside the leg. If I, you know, but people stop doing it because you wear gloves. You can't do that with a glove. Sit on it. Yeah, I'll sit on your glove and you're stuck. Well, yep. <clears throat> sure, I can still sit on your hand, but it's when once we're sweaty, it's easy just to pull your hand out. You know, give you a little yeah. bump, pull the hand out. It's not the same with the gloves on. Uh, I, I look at it definitely, and looking at what Fabricio looks at, looks like right now, I'm going to lean towards Fabricio. But, John, this next fight to me is, man, I think it's probably be end up fight of the year. It, could, it has the potential to be fight of the year, I should say. Damn, going all the way to fight of the year? Yeah. Ooh. The, don't, hey, don't put any pressure on anybody. <laughs> 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 uh, look, I, I was talking with uh, Kelvin Gaslam like a couple weeks ago, about two weeks ago, and I was asking him, I said, hey, you know, I, my concern is, <clears throat> is that are you going to be able to make the weight? Are you sure? He's like, look, my weight's been down. He's like, I've been using, I've been using someone to help me with my nutrition. Everything's been good. I feel fantastic. He's like, and uh, this is an opportunity for me to, you know, to really try to put, put myself into the, into that, into that title talk. 
I'm like, hey, I'm not mad at it, man. I understand what you're doing. You know, he's at a stage in his career where he's fought the best guys at 85, and now he's going to, you know, he is that tweener. <clears throat> he's that guy that needs to be, I feel like, will have a, a very successful career at 70. As long as he can keep his weight under control and fight and fight and make the weight <clears throat> and have an opportunity to fight for the title there. Yeah, if you're taking a look at Kelvin Gastelum, again, he's he's my Roberto Duran of MMA. So I will always love watching this guy fight. But 17-0, undefeated. If you're going to come into a division and make a mark right away, this is how you do it. You get a win against Rachmanov, you put yourself right on the map in the welterweights. He's already known and everything. That's going to bump him right up into that position where, yeah, you could talk about title implications and everything. Just one more fight is what I would say. But, you know, getting that win against Rachmanov, that's not an easy thing to do. Now, he can do it. He's He's got good wrestling. He's got great stand-up. He's got a chin. And, look, he's taking on the very best. You know, when you're taking a look at uh, he's beating former world champions in the middleweight division and stuff, the guy is a stud. I love him. But boy, he's got his hands full because everybody, everybody that I talk to at Kill Cliff, they all talk about Mr. Shavkat Rachmanov and say, hey, look, he's not just wrestling. His stand-up is fucking good, and he's got yeah. power in his hands. They all no, his, talk about how good he is. His stand-up just comes from different angles. He's got the spinning kicks. Yeah. You know, he's, he's He has a little bit of that tall, long, and lanky for the 170-pound division. <clears throat> he's got good speed. He can wrestle. He can mix it up. He's got good submissions. He's a very, very well-rounded fighter. You don't get to become 17-0 yep. and 0 in this sport unless you're someone that's extremely well-rounded. He's got it all, man. But I look at Kelvin Gaslam. On the feet, Rachmanov's going to want to try to probably get this fight to the ground because on the feet, if you look at what Kelvin was able to do with Izzy, and that was one of the best fights I've ever seen in terms of back-and-forth battles, the two of them taking shots, but just a fantastic fight. Kelvin can do the same thing with Rachmanov if if, if Shavkat decides to keep it on the feet. It could be yep. end up end up being a end up being one of those barn burners back and forth. But I think that Shavkat's going to fight this as a smart fight. He's going to keep it on the feet while they're long, and as Kelvin tries to close that distance, I look for Shavkat probably to get the takedown, try to get to the top position. But <clears throat> I, I'm not. I'm completely sold on Shavkat because for me. Remember when I was telling you earlier this year, we were talking about who do you think may, by the end of the year, be a cha be a champion? And I think he's got a good chance. The win over Kelvin Gaslam and maybe one more fight, I could see them potentially trying to put him into a title shot by the end of the year or early next year. I may even say if he goes out there and starches Kelvin Gaslam, that they may end up trying to put him in there now. Because, Dave, can you pull, pull, up, pull up the 170-pound rankings? Oh, well, you're taking it. You got Colby sitting there at the... You got Colby, because Leon Leon's the man. Colby's sitting in ahead of him. You got uh, Bilal's be the other one. Yeah, of Chimaev. Chimaev's not in yeah. there. He's gonna be one eighty five. And then there's mm -hmm. uh, Gilbert Burns just ahead of him. But I would say if they're gonna give the shot, they would give it to Rachmanov. Yeah, who do you think's gonna fight uh, Leon next? <laughs> well, supposedly it's Colby. We're going to find out. Who knows? Yeah. You know? So then I guess the only thing that really makes sense is you go Shavkat versus Bilal. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I would. Bilal's, you're not going to get buy-in from Bilal in that, though. No, no. you're not. You're not going to, but. 
don't he's not him. he's not really in any position to be on. I don't blame him either, but he's not in any position to turn down a fight like that. A guy who's 17, if he ends up fighting him, it'd be 18 and 0. I mean, the UFC team is like, look, you want a title shot or not? Like, there, there's got to be a guarantee, uh, which we know doesn't go very far with the UFC, but um, <clears throat> it'll be a tough. It'll, I think it'll be a tough decision for Bilal to take that fight, but Shavkat's going to have to fight somebody in that top five for him to get a title shot. I mean, could be. Com- could be Bilal. You would say Kamar we'll Usman. I would say Kamar Usman, but they no, train together, John. Gonna- they're. They're both I, yeah, killer. I hear Kamara. Kamara is not going to fight him. He's going to be going up and fighting someone who's on that list. But yeah, yeah I, I hear Usman's going to be fighting tomorrow. <coughs> Interesting. We'll see if that all comes to fruition. Right. We'll see. We'll see. All right, next. All right, let's look at this next fight. Another announcement for September 16th. Same card as Gaslam, Tracy Cortez, and Jasmine Jasudafikus. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say that one more time for me, please? Nope. <laughs> Jasu Davikis. Jasu Davikis. Hmm. John. Davikis. Yeah. Look, at Jasmine is a good fighter. Tracy is a good fighter. It's really the the question of who's going to be able to, you know, impart their their strength. Tracy is is more of the pit bull in this fight, if you ask me. Tracy is, she's a come forward, throw shots, and just start to overwhelm you fighter. Jasmine does a good job of taking those kind of fighters at times and picking them apart and making them, you know, second guess coming forward on her. This is a good matchup. I really like <coughs> Tracy Cortez. I, I like the way she fights. I like, you know... Her attitude towards fighting and stuff so and she's been doing great fighting with uh brian ortega and everybody on the internet anyway so come on yeah she's sitting there taking pictures with paulo costa i love that jeez she is sweetheart uh, and she can do that you know hey whatever happened with her and brian that's their business and it's you know sometimes things don't work out that's okay i'm not gonna say anything <laughs> Come on, you got to say something. Um, she's been out for a while, Tracy has. Yeah. She hasn't fought in a while. So, this is a tough fight to come back to, and I think Jasmine is. Jasmine has been busy. I think Jasmine's got, she's got the reach, she's got the range. <clears throat> she's She she has the ability to, you know, keep something in her face. Keep her outside. And make yep. Tracy fight a very uncomfortable, yeah, keep her on the outside, make Tracy fight a very uncomfortable fight. Now, will she do it? I don't know. You know, um, it's going to come down to that. I think the time away. Can you look up when the last time Tracy uh, Cortez fought? I think it's been over probably a year and a half. It's been that long? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> it was May 2022. So, yeah, but a year and a few months. Yeah, yeah over a year. It's been a while, right. John. I mean, It'll be a year and a half by the time they fight. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows, man? But, I mean, like, look, there's no doubt she's good. She's talented. She's young. Um, you know, where's her mindset at? Is it in, is it in this fight? Is she, is she focused? So we're going to find out because Jasmine, she just fought what? When did Jasmine fight? Yep. She fought Dude, what? Like I want to, I want to say a month five months ago. ago? Yeah. Not she didn't fight, like, I'm not even that, huh? Yeah. June. Yeah. 10. June. Shit. Yep. Last month. See, that's what I said. You're right. Last month. month ago. Jeez. 
and put on a wow. great performance. You know, that yeah. was uh, the one thing about Jasmine; she can wrestle. Yeah, this is, and so she can take that fight to the ground. But she did, you know, with Miranda Maverick, she did at that at times. But she stood up and was throwing her hands. She, you know, technically, she is a well-trained fighter. She's well-conditioned, and it's a matter of can she put up with the pressure of Cortez? Yeah. Her wrestling could be the difference maker. We're going to find out. Uh, what else you got for us there, Dave? Um, <clears throat> next, uh, a little bit of news right here. Eddie Heron puts out uh, this little tidbit of information where he says that he is hearing that Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou is going to be exhibition. Uh, mm. So he's saying that the fight is happening, but it but it's going to be an exhibition. No knockdowns no. or anything like that. Um, and he's just kind of putting that out there. No knockdowns. You either get knocked down or you don't. <laughs> what do you That's mean? What he, no says. he says, um, this well, is what who, I've heard. It'll be an, no, an no, exhibition, apparently. No knockdowns or anything. I'm only telling you what I've heard. Uh, who knows? Okay, first maybe, of Maybe like no knockouts. Is, like if you lose, if you lose by knockout, they won't call it a knockout. They'll just say it's an exhibition and you just. Yeah, everything. There's no judges. <clears throat> yeah. Exhibition means there's no judges. There's no result. Yeah. So. Someone can still get knocked out. Yeah. Oh, yes, they can. Yes, they can. So, so no <laughs> knockdowns. Eddie Hearn misspoke. He was not. Uh, he didn't understand what he was. Yeah, but John, when I'm look, when I'm looking at these though, when I'm when I'm seeing these these exhibitions, when does the when does the commission come in and go like, you guys are both fighters now? Or, or is this going to be pay per view? Because are we doing pay per view for exhibitions? <laughs> First you off, know, you can like, have an exhibition. But yeah. they're still going to go through the same protocol of a real fight. They'll have to go through the medicals. They'll have to go through all that stuff, the same thing as you know, it was. But no judges. It is normally shorter in rounds. Exhibitions normally don't have uh, a lot of rounds. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, if you're Tyson Fury, you're used to going 12 rounds. If you're Francis Ngannou, you are definitely not used to going 12 rounds in boxing, especially with someone like Tyson. Mm. And, you know, and this is one of those ones where Tyson can make Francis pretty uncomfortable with just the range and distance and pressure that he can create. You know, you get tired. So if the fewer rounds, the better for, for Francis and Gano. John, let me, <clears throat> I don't think it's going to happen, but what, what, let's just say what if. What if Francis clips him and puts him down? Anybody can get hit. How does how does Francis' life change? How does his life change? Zero. No. It changes life. You it don't think so? Changes life? No. I how does it, it does. change his life? I think because Okay, how? If Francis is able to drop Tyson Fury. <clears throat> okay. If Francis is able to knock out Tyson Fury in exhibition. Not, now he's knocked out. You, you said dropped. Now you're saying knocked out. Right, let's just say he drops him. Okay, let's so he drops him. him. Say he drops okay. him with a clean shot. Okay. Doesn't that do? Do you think that? Do you think we'll see a number two? That changes his life. That's that's life changing money, John. That's not. We're not talking. Like if you well, have something like that that you, happens to you, you're looking at you're looking at it differently than me, because I'm looking at if there's okay. one thing that people will automatically say about Francis, it's what? He's got punching power. He's got power. He was, he's got power. Yeah. Okay, so 
he drops Tyson Fury. Okay. It's it's impressive to me. It's impressive to you that he actually dropped the heavyweight champion of the world with a shot. But it doesn't mean that he wins the exhibition. Okay. It doesn't mean that, you know, anything other than he dropped him. He's got power. But is it going to lead to another fight? Uh, you can't say it is. And it's not going to change his life. He's he's contracted under the, you know, with the PFL to do uh, MMA there and stuff. Tyson has already come out saying, no, I fight in a ring with gloves under the Marcus of Queensberry rules. Mm -hmm. I will not do a cage fight with him, which smart move by Tyson. You know, he's dumb if he does. And uh, I don't know. I, I just don't think it, eh, it's an exhibition fight. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's true. It doesn't mean anything. <clears throat> I'm kind of leaning towards the hype of, you know, if he does, if he is able to drop, I want to see Francis get that, that life-changing fuck you money. <clears throat> yeah, well, I'd like <laughs> so, to see it too, but I, I think it would help yeah. the PFL. It would definitely, yeah, you know, yeah, make yeah. them happy as far as good. All right. Whew, we signed him for a lot of money and he knocked him down. This is great. Yeah. It's something they can build yeah. off of instead of him getting knocked out. Unless he decides to never fight him, man, just go right to fighting boxing all the time, then. <laughs> that doesn't Maybe. help him. But no, uh, no. I think he'd still have a voice in the PFL a little bit. I mean, they, they'd want him to, like, hey, look, you don't have to fight for us, but we'd like you to honor, you know, promoting us and helping us out. Take a look at what they did with when John Jones was there in the corner for Maurice Green. Look at that little, you know, yeah. Is it set up? Yeah. Okay. It's all set up. You know, it's, is it going to go anywhere? No. But the PFL was using it for what? Promotion. I don't blame them. I don't blame smart. them at all. Yeah. No, no, that's smart. <clears throat> that's that's right. smart. Good on them. All right. Next. All right. We have sent Henry Suhudo out of his uh, Chito Vera fight with. Um, I think it was his it was it was undisclosed or was a shoulder it was a shoulder, shoulder injury. injury for henry because we got another one as well so just making sure i got the right one yeah his was a shoulder injury look um chio calls I, I, for um yeah chio's calling for a peter yan fight yeah he's cheeto look cheeto's a man he says oh i can't have any give me give me peter young i love love what he's calling out and that's what makes cheeto vera who he is the best is listening to Aljamain Sterling, though. Because Aljamain is saying, what? Hold it. Hold it. Weren't you the son of a bitch that was calling Dana White saying, hey, if he won't fight, I will. All this stuff. You're pulling out of fights? <laughs> That's like, okay. Uh, Does he you, have a point? John, can you hear me? Can you yeah. hear me, John? Yeah. All right. just want to make sure. Uh, I, can't, I can't see you anymore. I just wanted to make sure. Um, you know, look, this this is a fight game, man. Things like this happen. Shoulder injuries are common, especially when you're wrestling. And uh, you do a lot of wrestling. His whole career has been wrestling. And so uh, it's common. I'm not, you know. <clears throat> to me, Cheetah was a good fight for him. I'm not saying we would have won it, but I'm saying stylistically it was a fun fight and a good fight for, for him. And it could potentially have been a really good fight for, for Cheetah also. Sure. Good stuff. But uh, sad to hear. But I mean, he'll be he'll be back. He's gonna rehab it a little bit. No surgery needed, from what we understand. And uh, he'll rehab it a little bit, and uh, it'll be back. He'll be back. And then similarly, we have Sean Brady out of his fight actually next week. Um, he was supposed to fight Jack Della Maddalena. Mm. Um, 
he, his reports here says undisclosed. John staff. says seems to know more. Staff. He's got a staff infection yep. in his elbow. Yeah. yeah. You know, <clears throat> hey, it's like people have, people have very little uh, concept of how bad MRSA is and how it will end your life. Okay. His elbow... As far as once he ended up in the hospital, he's got MRSA, meaning that he, you know that whole joint is septic almost. It's yeah. nasty, and he there's no way he can fight that. It's, you know he has to pull out. That is that's just part of the fight game. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. He like it gets to the point where you can't bend your elbow because the swelling's so bad that you can't even bend oh, yeah. your elbow. I believe it's on his elbow. I saw pictures of it. It looked like and it is painful. And his wife's a nurse. His wife is a nurse, and she's basically said like, "Hey, you need to get to the hospital now. Like it's it's swelled up within the last couple hours, you know." And uh, they had he had dealt with something similar to this in a different area, different part of his body, uh, like a year, year and a half ago. And plus, even if he was, he will get even if this was like a week or two away. Sorry. Ah! these time changes man are getting me um it's um even even if he was able to get on antibiotics like say if this fight was two or three weeks away he's losing a week of training but on top of it those antibiotics, antibiotics flush out of your system yeah. they're horrible man like if you if, if you have never trained while like on antibiotics it's miserable you feel and like you, you, hold, you it's you, hold it you're not talking about just keflex or cipro you're talking about vancomycin to, to beat MRSA. You're talking about nasty antibiotics. And so what that. happens is, John, John, you know, like as, as soon as you start training, it seems like you if you feel like the guy who hadn't trained in 30 years. You're talking about the guy who like used to be the football star, thought he could come in, you know, from high school. He was the football <laughs> star. He comes in. Yeah, I could beat all you guys up. And then like within 30 seconds to a minute, Gassed. You're you're uh you're gassed and just uh, uh. well that's how you feel on antibiotics. But the only thing is you were just training five rounds like two three days before, and now you can't even get past a minute minute and a half. You're like man I'm not in shape man uh, no you're in shape. Just the antibiotics are kicking your ass, and so I get it I get it. I would never want him to fight while he was on antibiotics. That's why when you guys when you guys go back go back and watch the um. The uh, Luke Rockhold and uh, Chris Weidman fight. Look how tired Rockhold looked. Luke, Luke's always in shape, man. The guy is in phenomenal shape. In that fight, he had got like gout or something in his ankle or foot that week. So he was on antibiotics and went out there and still won the title on antibiotics. And you could see the way he was fighting. He just, he was gassed. He was dog dead tired in that first round. And that's because he was on antibiotics. And so I, I would never wish fighting anybody, especially at the highest level, trying to fight guys or anybody or any female on uh, on antibiotics. So good for him. I'm, I mean, hopefully he gets healthy and uh, we see him back in there soon. He should be able to, once you're off the antibiotics, it takes about a week or two, about a week, week and a half, and then they flush out of your system and then you feel a lot better. So uh, good luck to him. All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our show for this week. Uh, I promise to get set up in the back and get some, get some pictures and stuff up in here so there's less of an echo, but... Uh, I want to thank you guys. Look, guys, I read the comments, man. I know how much you love Big John, but you guys don't got a bag on me, man. You guys, you guys don't got a bag on me. Jeez, whoa, 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 what, 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 what? 
People don't like me. People don't like me anymore, John. I love you, Josh. They, they were matters. like, they were like, man, John. You know what? The, I read, I read, I read like five or six comments. People saying, "Hope he doesn't bring his liberal views to to Texas." <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just about <laughs> fell out of my seat. It was That's cute. Though. Awesome. <clears throat> you liberal. I want to thank you all. Leftist. I know. <laughs> I want to thank. I want to thank you all. I want to thank you all for supporting us and. uh John, take us away, bud. Hey, for everyone out there, thank you for tuning in. It's good to have the punk back from Texas. Texas, baby. I love it. We'll see you guys later. Bye.